You're listening to Unraveling Rachel. This podcast is all about this journey that we call life and how we can live it more authentically so that it sucks less and feels better. Sounds good, huh? Hello there, my friends. I'm here with the second weekly update of 2020. I waited all day to record this podcast. It's like 8.38 p.m. as I finally sit down to record this. And my usual practice for recording is early in the morning. It's when I feel the most refreshed, the most connected, the most energized, and just the most clear. Like nothing has really happened in the day to um, shake my world around, you know, like I've slept and I'm, I'm clear and in tune and I've probably had a nice morning and a cup of coffee and a shower and I meditated and the sun's out. And so everything just feels nicer. Um, and Thursdays, my recording days are my day off. And so it just feels like clear. This morning didn't, I mean, I had that this morning, but I slept in and I just, the the day got away from me and I kind of procrastinated on this. I procrastinated and I, I'm not really sure why. I think in part because I found myself wondering again what I was going to talk about. And also I had a lot of other things on my mind of what I needed to do for the day and other things on my calendar that I needed to do for the day. Uh, Usually I put recording this on my calendar, uh, like I said, early in the morning, but I slept in because I needed to. And that's okay. I needed to because honestly, this past week has been physically challenging. Um, Physically challenging, exhausting, Um, a little bit of fear has come up. Um, I just haven't been feeling well. Um, My food hasn't been digesting as smoothly as it should. It's been getting kind of like stuck in my stomach instead of going all the way through. And so there's like, oh my gosh, is it a blockage or... Um, you know, worst case scenario is the cancer back because these are problems that I had before I was diagnosed. Um, uh, the bloating and, and I got some, some bad stomach pains. And in fact, two, well, Wednesday morning at like 3.30 a.m., I woke up with terrible stomach cramps and like, I forget, Monday or Tuesday night, I went home from work because my stomach was not feeling well and food wasn't digesting and I I threw up. Um, and I had that feeling again, like only worse, like really bad stomach cramps, pain in my side, my back hurt. And I thought I needed to throw up. Um, and I couldn't, I was nauseous. I I couldn't throw up. I couldn't go to the bathroom and I was also dehydrated. And so before I was diagnosed, when I used to get the pain that was like, to me, very clearly in my appendix. Um, and this wasn't so uh, intense there, 
probably because I don't have an appendix. Um, but I used to be able to clear it with really good hydration. And so that's what I did. Hydrated, hydrated, hydrated. Um, it got really bad. It didn't go away and it got bad to the point where I thought I was going to go to the ER. So I called Graham and had him come over and right before he arrived, I had an episode of very intense dry heaving and then the pain just went away. <laughs> like wasn't as bad and I could feel things in my stomach moving again. I could like hear it, you know, sometimes after you eat food and you can hear it gurgling and whatever that was happening. So I knew that was a good sign. And what I think happened is I, I probably just got dehydrated. Um, and that why I don't know, probably, I mean, obviously I wasn't drinking enough water. Um, sometimes I find when I'm working a lot, I forget to drink. Um, and that can affect digestion and health in so many ways. And staying hydrated, especially, I mean, even when you're well, and then especially after a surgery like I had, is really important to keep everything nice and lubricated and moving and um, preventing blockages. And so I kind of have a feeling maybe that's what was happening. There was some kind of a blockage happening and um, I think drinking a lot of water helped flush things through. And I also got out and did some good movement that morning. We took a really long walk and um, I did some stretching. Later in the day, I went and got on my slack line and hula hooped. And that was really helpful. And yeah, I, I feel a lot better. So that was yesterday. I and I worked yesterday too and just made sure to hydrate, 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 which I actually need to do right now because as I'm speaking, I can feel my mouth starting to get dry. Um, so I'm actually going to have a sip of my tea because I forgot my water. So yeah, that that is... Um, that's how my week was. And that's why I needed sleep this morning. And yeah, I guess I'm not going to say it threw off my day, but my day shifted. And then I put this off. So I'm recording now. And I'm still I feel like I have a lot of things that I could talk about. And um, I'm not sure where to start but I feel like actually I've already started. <laughs> so the slack line thing, I, um, no, that's not where I'm going to start. I'm going to go back and start with the fact that I went to a workshop on Sunday with uh, Jennifer, the woman who is running the polyvagal theory for somatic movers workshop that I will be attending um, the last like the first weekend of February, January 31st, February 1st and February 2nd at Ginseng Yoga. It's sold out by the way, which is super awesome. I'm so happy that she has so much interest and so many people are learning about this and that I'll get to meet so many more people who are interested in something that I'm interested in and that I can connect some more. Connection was 
a really big theme for me for 2019 and it continues into 2020 along with curiosity, commitment, and compassion. And I have a feeling that, well, I know that I'm going to take all three of those things into that weekend workshop with her. And so anyway, back to the one I attended with her on Sunday, it was just about the um, hierarchy of the nervous system and basically like what, like a, a condensed version of what polyvagal theory is and what that, that hierarchy of the nervous system is. And uh, if I get permission from her, I'm going to share this diagram that she gave us at uh, the workshop. Um, but it like breaks it down. Like usually we think of the nervous system as just like rest and digest or fight or flight and like that's it. But it's more complex than that. And with the the vagus nerve, which is the like, I guess the heart of the um, polyvagal theory, it splits into two. And there's our dorsal vagal and our ventral vagal. And the dorsal vagal is like our isolation. And these are part of the parasympathetic nervous system. The dorsal vagal is our um, like, it's not quite rest and digest. It's like resting with fear. She calls it uh, isolation. And then their ventral vagal is collaboration. Uh, that's her word for it. And it's like our, um, uh, it's, I, I think of it as like flow and, and reflection. Those are the words that came up for me. And it's, it's something that it puts us into like social engagement and, um, it's the space where like we function in our day that doesn't leave us feeling energetically drained. Like we get a lot done, but we don't feel down. And so the reason that I wanted to talk about this first is because I had so many ups and downs this week and having this, just my, my little understanding of it with me through the week was really useful because I could feel, I could get curious about where I was. And she actually has three questions. Um, and questions are curious things um, to ask uh, that she left us with. And that's what's happening? What do I need right now? And what are the gifts? So having those three questions, having an understanding of kind of like what might be going on in my body when I'm feeling a certain way and like what my nervous system might be doing was um, valuable for me. And it's not like something that was at the forefront of my mind all the time, but I, it, it was there. And in reflection, I can, I can see how I move through these phases in my everyday and in my life um, which I think is valuable to look to look back on the week and see that. And also it allows me compassion for myself so that I know that um, being in like a lower state isn't necessarily a bad thing and it isn't something to shame myself for. And it's something that I can see that I will go in and out of and it'll change. Something that Jennifer said 
in that little workshop that has stuck with me is that, um, and let me explain, she's got a chemistry background, biochemistry, maybe. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong, Jennifer. Um, But she's definitely science-based. And she said, homeostasis is just a moment in time. And that was really profound to me because I feel like for so much of my life, I've been craving what is essentially homeostasis, this place of just like, (sighs) I've landed, everything's okay, everything's controlled, everything is stable, and it's like, it's going to stay that way, like, then I want to like grip onto it. And homeostasis is just a moment in time, and then it changes, it goes. And that that's really life that, that all we have is the moment in time, first of all, and the next moment in time is going to be different. Even if it's only subtly different, it's different. And that is, that can be, that can be, feel scary. That can feel exciting. That can feel comforting. And I found it comforting when she said it because it's going to change. It changes in nature, it changes in our lives, and it changes in our nervous system and our bodies like all the time. So when I'm when I'm feeling low, it'll change. I might be feeling really in flow and connected and social and excited to be with people and able to play and whatever, and then that'll change too. And that makes the experience even richer, I think. Um, you know, knowing when to, um, surrender something instead of hang, hanging on to it is, uh, important in life. Kind of a, I don't know. I almost want to say an art form. I don't know if that's really true, but that's what's coming to mind right now. Um, and it also brings to mind the reading from today from, um, simple abundance being about accepting what is just surrendering to what is and that is like just what is in the moment um so when a feeling starts to fade like when I can feel myself coming out of an energized super easy creative flowing state and going into another one to not be mad about it to just be curious about it to just you know what's happening what do I need right now what are the gifts and there were a lot of gifts this week there there were definitely some big gifts for me um and this week there was there was seeing the value of what I learned, what I paid Jennifer to learn. There was so much value there for me in this invitation to understand how my system works and how my my days go and to just take this in, in layers into life and, um, and then to reap more gifts from that. And so the gifts, um, 
Well, when I asked myself what I needed right now, when I was feeling down, I was able to get quiet and listen and then fulfill those needs. And I noticed too, at times when I was resisting what I needed, because I didn't want what was happening to be happening. And that that's about the surrender, the simple abundance thing, and how what we resist persists. Um, I didn't want what was happening to be happening. So I was like pretending it wasn't happening and not doing the things that I needed that would help bring that change because everything's changing. Um, so it was actually getting worse. I was making it worse. I didn't want my stomach to be bothering me. I, you know, was like breathing into it and, and doing all these things, but I was really focusing on it not feeling well. Um, and then when I focused on like, what do I need? How will I feel better? What does it feel like to feel better? I could relax a little bit more and I, I started giving myself things that I needed. Like, okay, I really am going to have to lay down with a heating pad on my stomach and visualize and do this. And cause this is really happening. So I was able to pay more um, effective attention to it once I accepted it more fully. I hope that makes sense. And um, I think I shared this at the end of my um, daily reading, but I think about that not surrendering is like pushing against a wall, like resist when I'm resisting something like, Oh, it's not here. Go away, go away. I'm pushing against the wall. And like, it just keeps pushing back and it's there, it's there, it's there, it's there. But like when I stop pushing and I accept it, like my whole body relaxes. And I was literally just pushing on a wall and feeling into that (laughs) as I described it. Um, My coach said she feels like it's like trying to to grip water to hang on to things that are happening and I think that's an interesting one too it doesn't really like capture quite the energy like I'm talking about but it's definitely disappointing (laughs) because you're like wait it's, it's not there it's not in my hand right um but going back to um the just the surrender and the accepting and allowing us to um, really honestly answer the question of what do I need right now? And the gift of that is that it changes and it shifts and there's, it goes into something different. It may not always be what we want. Like I, it could have very well been that I would have ended up going to the ER that night Thankfully, it didn't, um, and uh, I I came about, and I had a really nice morning with Graham, and got a walk in and sunshine, and made it to the park to get my feet in the grass, and I had a gift there too. I I knew that I needed to move. I knew that movement helped, so that was an answer to what do I need right now, and the gift was like 
feeling into my body more and breathing into it fully and moving and relating to my own inner energy and the energy of what's around me in a much deeper and more intimate way, which made me feel more connected to myself and to everything around me. While I was at the park, I had an interaction with someone who was just standing and watching me. And this happens. Like, I look like a circus person when I I go set up. I've got this piece, this slack line, a piece of webbing under tension between two trees. Looks like a tightrope. And I've got hula hoops. And I'm, I'm doing things that you don't always see people doing in, a, in the park or on the side of the road um, all the time. So cars slow down and they watch. People stop and stare. But this was like really a lot more intense than usual. And I thought I was going to have to say something. I talked about this in my Instagram stories. So you may have already heard about this, but I'm going to go into it again. And I want to point out a couple of things that I'm really, that I think are important and that I'm proud of myself for doing. Um, so yeah, I was, I was hooping and he was watching me and I was like, okay, whatever. He was standing kind of like, I don't know, 15, 20 feet away, leaning against a tree and just kind of watching. And then I put the hoop down and I turned around uh, with my back to him because I, I tend to walk the slack line the, the same way. I don't know. It's a habit thing and something I've been playing with, um, breaking out of, but my back was to him and I stood up on the line and I had that feeling of being watched. You know how you can like feel that when someone's watching you across the room? So I knew he was still there. I could feel that energy. And when I first started slacklining, I hated being watched. I didn't even like it when Graham watched me. I really didn't like it when he gave me feedback. And the whole process of learning to slackline was like, a huge, huge learning experience for how I learn and a lot about my personality. But anyway, back to the story. Um, I knew I was being watched. And so in my head, I felt pressure to, to walk. And I felt, I started to feel like upset that he was watching and kind of angry. And there was this story in my head, like, like, oh, annoyance, you know? And then I was like, wait a second. Like, it doesn't matter if he's watching. Like, you can still do this and, and just be powerful, you know? Stand, stand tall and just walk it. Just show him. Show him what you're doing. Just keep doing it. And so that's what I did. And as I was walking and breathing and getting out of my head and forgetting that he was there. As I ended the my walk um, towards the end of the line, I was like, you know, maybe he's just interested. Maybe, maybe he's fascinated. Maybe it's not creepy, but you should say something, you know, because I originally I wanted to say something like, 
what what the what the fuck you know what are you doing this isn't okay like go away but I realized that you know that was a pushing away energy that was a get out energy that wasn't that was based on a story I had in my head and not really like being in my power that was it it was icky um and when I stood tall and I walked and I was in my power and I got curious about maybe it was a different way but I still know that I don't like what's happening so I need to voice my my needs and set my boundaries I I've just I felt so good and so I turned around and Um, took one more step on the line and then stepped off and I walked towards him and he started walking towards me and I said hey there and he said hi I I, I'm I'm really sorry I hope I wasn't you know bothering you but uh that's really cool that's really cool what you're doing you you do that that hula hoop thing and and you walk that how long you been doing that and I told him about about four years you know five years maybe and actually, I think it's coming up. Yeah, it's five, more like six. But um, he was like, wow, that takes like a lot of concentration and a, and a lot of like like balance. And you really know your energy and the, the hoop and the, the circles. Like that's like it reminds me of martial arts and, and the balance that you need and, and spinning. And, and he's like, it's really it's an art. And, and it's cool. He's he's like. I, I like that, you know, he's like, and, and I said, oh, thank you. Like, that's, that's really kind. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, I didn't appreciate you just standing there and watching me without saying something and asking. Um, it's kind of intrusive. Um, so I appreciate that you appreciate this just in the future. If you don't mind just asking permission, that would be great. And he said, oh, yeah, definitely. Next time he's like, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to be creepy. That that was that was not my intent. I just it made me think of the martial arts I used to do. And I just really enjoyed it. And that was it. We had a nice little exchange. I, I said, you know, well, I hope you practice because he said I hadn't practiced his martial arts in a while. I said, well, I hope you do it again soon. He's like, yeah, me too. He's like, I guess I kind of do it every day. Like, it's all just energy, right? And then he went along his way. And I'm like, yeah, it's all just energy. Everything, energy, everything's changing. Everything is in motion. And it's how we react to that energy whether it's in martial arts or in a hula hoop on a slack line or in the daily flow of our life it's all energy and we have control on how we respond to it how I respond with my body to the hoop flowing against me how I respond into the slack line with its energy and my energy playing together, how I respond in a relationship to their energy and my energy and how I, how my relationship is with my own body and mind and what's happening internally. It's all energy. And that's why like, you know, when we're resisting a a situation, 
the energy it's it's opposing and it's not conducive to a flow like um if you watch martial artists you know they're not like aggressive necessarily and like going at they use the other person's energy to move and like almost against them um except for it's not really against them you know at the core of of martial arts is usually like a more of a do no harm (laughs) sort of thing um so yeah everything is energy homeostasis is just a moment in time and um i have the ability to flow through um my days with more ease because of this insight. Another thing I wanted to point out in that interaction with the slack line is that the guy said, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And I've so been in that situation, you know, even sometimes with the podcast, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. What's the answer? Just say it just do it. This is something that comes up with my partner Graham sometimes. Like he doesn't know how to approach something and then doesn't say it, doesn't say it, and then says it and was like, I didn't know how to say it, but everything's so much better once it's said. And it's like, just say it. The reason that we don't just say it though is because We have so many stories in our head about how we think we know it's going to go, that it's going to be disastrous if we say it, that, you know, maybe the story in that guy's head was that, oh, I'll be a creeper if I approach this single woman in the park and I don't want to be a creeper. So then he actually ended up being a creeper in a way, right? And that's probably what was really happening is that he was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stand here and watch, which was way more creepy than being like, hey, that's really cool. I'm a martial artist. It reminds me of that. Do you mind if I just watch you for a minute? Like, and then like everything would have just been so much easier, you know? So Nike really had it right. Like, just do it. (laughs) Just, just do it. That is the easiest way to do it. And, and the, um, you know, the, the path of least resistance sometimes, but our minds don't see it that way. We like to go and create these stories based on what we think we know and how it's going to go. And even I, when I was on the line, had that idea of how I thought it was. And then I realized that I was in a story in my head and that there could actually be something else going on. So I'm proud of myself for doing that because it's not something that I have always been able to do. It's something that's taken work. It's taken getting to know my tendencies and my my brain and the stories that it likes to tell and how good it is at telling them. And now that I'm aware of that, I can take that ability and use it in a better direction, in the direction of curiosity and creativity and 
really like seeing possibility in another way. And that's exciting and really cool. The other thing I saw, I think that's, that's all on the Slackline story. You know, the curiosity, the changing the story, witnessing the stories in, in my head, and then, you know, also just doing the thing, doing the thing that we're afraid to do, and then realizing it's not so bad. And I'm, I'm really, I'm glad that I had that interaction with him. It felt really good to connect and I could have pushed him away and I could have made the day crappy for both of us. And it wasn't that way. So it was really nice. Um, it was really a, a, an interaction that was soul fulfilling. Um, even though, you know, I may never see that person again. It was a pleasant connection. Um, the, yeah, the other thing, um, connecting with humans and how important that is for me, but not all the time. <laughs> and I was feeling really down. This was before I got um, sick Wednesday. And I called my dad because I've pushed my dad away. Not because I've pushed my dad away all my life. Um, that's not why I called him. But um, that's part of the story. I pushed my dad away for so much of my life because it felt like it was his fault. So much of the crap in my life. And I've talked about this in the podcast before that what I'm finding, what I found is that I'm a lot more like him in ways than I ever thought I was and that he's actually really a strong and wise and admirable person. And he has, he's discovered and lived through the things that I'm discovering and living through um, already. And he already has this experiential wisdom. Um, He has been sober for 20 years. Um, He spent a lot of those 20 years in AA and, um, gee, dad, I hope I'm not ruining the second A part of that. Um, but I think anyone who knows you knows that's part of your life. Um, and I used to really kind of like joke about his AA life and not really get it. And, I, I've been to meetings with him and I never really liked it. Um, but I see how it has helped him. And a couple years ago, eh, actually probably about a year ago, I read a book on the 12 steps and just was really impressed. And really, I liked how they could apply to my life as someone who's, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not, um, but I am an addict to things, emotions, people, uh, potato chips. (laughs) And yeah, I can see how they could help anyone, even anyone who doesn't think that they have any kind of addiction. It's just a really great um, tool for like self-reflection. Anyway, he's got all kinds of wisdom and also all sorts of great experience and practice in telling his story and sharing who he is and what he's been through with other people. And so he 
um, I feel like he's able to console me in a way. Like I called him and I told him how I was feeling, not just that I was feeling physically drained and this and that, and like not those kind of details, but like dad, like I just, I feel like a failure. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like, you know, nothing's gonna change and that like you know this week I haven't been able to do anything and I'm just tired all the time and you know like it sucks like I want to be wanted to do all these things and he didn't try to fix it (laughs) and he just like yeah that 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 sucks and you know it's okay though you know you got you you're I love you. You're doing great. Like just, you know, it, I, I, I know that feeling you got to have faith over fear. And, um, <laughs> he had all kinds of little, little sayings that I'm sure, um, are probably AA sayings, but, um, and then he told me stories, um, stories about how like, there were times when he didn't think it was going to get any better. And when he felt alone and when he felt like his world was falling apart and that, you know, here it is 19 years later, 20. um, So I guess maybe it's not quite 20. He's been sober, but um, 19 years later and he is, spending his summers in Ohio working and, and doing a job that he knows he's good at. He's spending his winters in Florida with people that he enjoys fishing, doing things that he loves. He's in a financial position where he can help me. Whereas 19 years ago, he was in the middle of bankruptcy and divorce and everyone in his life hated him. And he just couldn't, you know, some days it was really hard to see his way out of it, but he kept going to his AA meetings and his, you know, looking to the wisdom of the people around him, his sponsor and stuff. And I really hope I can get him on the podcast to tell some of these stories himself. But he told me about driving to a meeting one morning in like a big, dump truck that didn't have heat or something and like I said he was a landscaper so big dirty dump truck no heat it was like the last vehicle that was still in his possession and he was scraping the windshield off and like the sunshine like just was beaming and beautiful and the air was crisp and clean and he was just overwhelmed with like tears of joy and gratitude and he had like 30 days sober and there was like this hope and he was tearing up as he was telling me that and like it made me remember that like everything changes and that I can't know what 19 years from now is going to be like. And I can't let myself feel like every moment is going to be defined by how I feel right now about how I felt by how I felt in the past or by the ickiness right now that if I stop and look around, I can see 
just how good I have it. Even though, even though I've had cancer and I've been through what I've been through and financially I'm not in a great place at the moment and you know sometimes work feels like too much and just life feels like too much and feels like my body's never going to feel good again that that's not true I don't know that and if I like look around I really have it pretty good because I was sitting there on my bed cozy in my room with tea talking to my dad with this renewed relationship that is just everything to me and 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 I I don't know what I would do without him and I'm so proud of him like like feeling so proud of him for how far he's come really finally getting to know him and his story and seeing like how how human it is and how uh, magical it is and being inspired by it and just, yeah, appreciating that I, I have that. I have that connection. And I, I feel like a gift of, of that, I mean, gosh, there's so many gifts there, right? Like the gift of the relationship with my dad, but also just remembering that I'm not alone. Other people have been through hard things before me that I do have people who love me and I have support and if he has done it, I can do it. And he he believes that I can do it. He he thinks he sees me as, you know, doing so well and um just you know, talented and beautiful and deserving and all these things that sometimes I don't feel about myself, you know, to be honest, like sometimes it feels like I look in the mirror and I, I'm older than I want to be. I mean, I've embraced my gray hair, but it's like beyond that now. I can see changes in my skin because I don't uh, have a normal hormonal cycle. And I don't know. I just, I see myself differently sometimes. And I mourn the, uh, the loss, I guess, of something of youth or innocence of possibilities of I don't know um yeah it's just sometimes I I see myself and I'm sad (laughs) um and then other days (laughs) that's not the case at all. I feel amazing and I'm grateful for even that, even the gray hair and the the age because I know it's it's life lived and that I'm still here and I feel really powerful and I feel like anything is possible and that's yeah. I think I'm always going to go through those things, the up and the down.
I just got a tear on the microphone. I have no idea how that's going to sound. Um, so yeah, kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, really just a, a great, a great gift of the week was connecting with my dad. And I ended up, I ended up booking a trip to Florida to see him. He bought me a ticket out to see him. So I'm going there. Uh, February 19th through the 26th and I'll get to see my dad and meet all his cool sober friends down there and get to hear their stories and see these people who held him while I was going through something hard and who support him and enable him to be the person that he is today the person that is there for me and these are the people that he supports the people whose stories who who he has inspired with his story and his sobriety and his wisdom and his ability to show up and console them and his willingness to share with them parts of his life that were kind of ugly and hard, you know, and, and it helps them. And I'm, I'm proud of him for that. And I also see that it's another way that um, we're alike you know, I, I, uh, I can say I want to be like my dad. (laughs) I do. I want to be like my dad. So dad, I hope you're listening to this and you can hear that. Um, I'm also sober right now. I haven't had a drink since January 1st and it's nice. I don't, I don't really miss it. I have a open bottle of Pinot Grigio, no, Chardonnay, yeah, in my fridge, and I haven't touched it, and I'm, I I think maybe I'll cook with it. I don't know, does that count? Can I cook with it and still say that I'm sober? I don't know, I don't really care, because that's not, the point for me isn't that I need to um, be sober, I need to never drink again, but for me in choosing not to engage with alcohol right now, it's about clarity. It's about clarity in my mind and wellness and about not doing what Brooke Castillo calls buffering, which is turning to something outside of myself to avoid what's happening on the inside. And instead just being with the feelings and you know, like being with the feelings and it may mean reading something. It may mean meditating. It could mean yoga. It could mean calling my dad, but like allowing the feelings to be there in all of that. And I think with alcohol, it's not really allowing the feelings for me. Same with eating, which is another thing that I've been uh, like examining this week, especially with all the the not feeling well stuff because um, how I eat affects my digestion, obviously. And so I've been eating smaller meals and more plant-based and drinking more water. And I think that, well, I know that I'm going to continue to, I'm going to continue to make that a focus of mine in my life. And I think it's something that I'm, I'd like to share with you. And I don't know how, I don't know if you're even interested, but I want to share it 
Um, partially because I find that it helps with commitment. And also I know that um, doing like food stuff or seeing other people be committed to food stuff is helpful. Um, I want to commit to something like add a new commitment every month. January, I committed to doing the simple abundance readings, which per my mother's request, I will keep doing. Um, other people wanted it too. I did have like one person say they don't want me to do it. And here's the thing, that person, not someone that I trust. So not listening. Um, doesn't really matter. Like not even offended by it. I kind of laughed about it. Um, and then, so yeah, I'm going to keep doing that. And then I think in February, I'm going to do some kind of a, a food related thing. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So if anybody has any ideas on what they want to see, like today, I, tonight before I sat down and recorded this, I, on a whim, created a sauce for my steamed broccoli and it was freaking delicious. It was so good. I'm so proud of myself. I love getting creative in the kitchen. I really do. I I love food. I love cooking and I I love all kinds of food. The the like french fried kind of stuff and also the healthy stuff. And getting creative with healthy ingredients is something that I learned to do almost six years ago when I did a cleanse in February with my friend Shannon at work. She convinced me to do this. It was all like whole foods. Like we weren't doing like crazy shakes or anything. You could eat as much as you needed, but it was no dairy, no meat, no sugar, no refined sugar, and like minimal um, natural sugar. No, yeah, I said no gluten, no alcohol, and just like no processed stuff. It was all like whole foods. And I got this book that had a bunch of recipes to like had the guidelines in it. And a bunch of women did it at work. And we had these Friday get togethers where we each made like a dish and brought it to share. And I felt amazing doing that. And it was so much fun, like learning new ingredients and seeing what other people did and sharing my creations with people. And I think that's kind of where I got really inspired to 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 be more creative and share food with people. So um, I'm really grateful to Shannon for that. It's also that cleanse that led me to this the discovery that something wasn't right in my body <laughs> and that it didn't like dairy and gluten and that really helped clear up some some health stuff I had going on. So yeah, I think I'm going to renew that since I did it in February of 2014. I think February of 2020, I'm going to do a very similar uh, way of eating. Uh, it's going to obviously be a little bit modified because of uh, my situation now, uh, which is that like I can't eat beans and I eat a lot of beans on that. Um, I don't eat raw stuff anymore because it's hard on digestion. So everything will be cooked. But um, I'd love to share what I'm doing with you in some way and just keep myself accountable through making that commitment. And I'll think more about what that looks like. 
I really like the simple abundance reading because it's something that I can share really quickly. Sharing a recipe, sharing food can be a little bit more, um, a little bit more work. Um, takes a little bit more planning and I don't know how much time I have there, but I'm going to have to be making the food anyway. So I can at least share what I'm eating with you or maybe like a health tip for the day. I don't know. I'll think more about that, but I'm excited. I'm excited. And I need to blow my nose crying. You guys, it's, it's good though. It's so good. You ever just like cry like for no reason or maybe a reason and like it just gets it out of your body and like you feel so much more relaxed I love it I do I cry sometimes for no reason or for reason and I never regret it well sometimes I regret it when I put on mascara that wasn't waterproof Um, but (laughs) in general, like I don't actually regret the crying. It always, it always feels good. Um, lady problems. Okay. So that's, what's been happening. I managed to sit down and talk to you for almost an hour after all this procrastination in the day. And I'm going to try and review just a little recap of what I talked about here or maybe like a takeaway. Um, I talked about Jennifer's um, polyvagal hierarchy, polyvagal theory, super interesting. Highly recommend you check it out. You should follow her on Instagram at tending to the whole self. I'll link it in the in the show notes and um, the workshop coming up is sold out but I think she's going to do an online course in I don't remember when but I'll let you know (laughs) and um, yeah there's all kinds of other resources out there you can learn more about that but um, the three questions that she left us with as a means of self-discovery and inspiring curiosity in our lives are what's happening what do I need right now and what are the gifts? So take that. Take that for the week. What's happening? What do I need right now? What are the gifts? And see if you can catch yourself going through your days and the stories that maybe you're telling yourself about situations, situations in traffic, situations in work, maybe in your relationship, or maybe in your own journey of getting fit and feeling better or trying to um, lose weight or not eat as much or um, make a change in your life or approach a, uh, a difficult conversation. Think about that slackline story and think about how you can be more clear on what you need and how you feel and consider that maybe you don't know everything about the situation and what the other person or entity or whatever you don't know what's happening and maybe it could be something else and maybe it could be a chance to connect and maybe just saying the thing wouldn't be so bad if you knew what it is you were feeling what you needed right now and what the gifts you you had an openness of what the gifts could be 
Okay, my friends, that's all. If you made it this far, I love you even more extra than I love everybody else. And I'm happy that you're here with me. And I feel so much better sitting down and recording this um, and getting out. And I'm going to go take care of myself and do some stretching before bed and wash my face and brush my teeth and save this for editing in the morning and still give myself credit for holding to my commitment to record a podcast, a weekly update on a Thursday and deliver it out there to the world and be satisfied and proud of myself even if nobody ever listens. Okay, I I do hope somebody listens, kind of. Actually, I mean, like I said, I don't care. But <laughs> if you did listen, I hope you have a good week and I will talk to you again next Thursday. Lots of love. Oh yeah, hey, I always forget about this. Go follow me on Instagram. I'm gonna share more stuff there. I'm doing the simple abundance thing. I'm going to be talking about more food stuff, I think, and uh, all kinds of other exciting things that I'll share there. I've also got the wellness circle going on, and I'm excited about um, growing that and helping support people who need to hear the stories of others, you know? And that way I want to be like my my dad. I'm not starting an AA group, but I'm starting my own kind of thing. AA, AA is already there and that's that's not my need, but um, I do have something valuable to share with others. So that will be a place to do that for the wellness stuff and on Instagram, just um, life stories and that kind of thing, you know? So at Unraveling Rachel, all one word, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Okay, just a note on the I don't care if anybody listens thing. I do care if people listen. I want people to listen because that's how we all learn and grow. A friend of mine said, we're refined by community. And I think that that is so true and so important. So while I would sit down and record this, even if nobody listened, I want people to listen. I care about people listening. I care about you, the listener. And I hope that if you find it useful, you'll share it with someone else. So yeah, just a little note on that. And I will, for real this time, talk to you next week.